All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub, and also partnered with Big Cat Country. This is Corey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Today, we are joined by a special guest, and that is the managing editor of Big Cat Country and all around uh, an all-time social media Jaguars great, and that is Alfie Crow. Hey, Alfie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I don't have food poisoning this time, so good to go. Great. Yeah. How, how are you feeling? Uh, much <laughs> better than I was last week. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a bug going around. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're all good to go. I know we, before we recorded, we had a, a pretty in-depth discussion and I'll save it uh, from the podcast for you guys, but uh, LaCroix water. So if you're a fan, uh, tweet at us, let us know your favorite flavors. Uh, JK3 is a huge fan. So coconut till I die. Coconut till I D-I-E. Gross. <laughs> Down by the bank, sponsored by LaCroix Water, uh, delicious uh, non-caffeine uh, or whatever the benefit is of those. So anyway, so we uh, appreciate you being on. We uh, wanted to chat with you, especially about the game coming up against the Cleveland Browns. I've had some fun reading your Twitter feed because you seem extremely, and, I, and there's no reason not to be, but extremely dismissive of the Browns game in general because I know a lot of people are afraid and kind of buying into the whole uh, you know, the, the trap game theory, I guess you could say. So to kind of start out with, though, Gibson's uh, comments regarding, you know, dropping 40 on them. Uh, how, how do you look at that? I mean, is that helpful at all? I mean, it, does that hurt us? Does it give them a little extra motivation? Uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackson actually had a response today at some point that uh, that it was noticed, I guess. So maybe it's on their board in the back. But um, what's kind of your thought on, on players you know, saying that kind of stuff prior to a game? Uh, well, when you're actually good, I love it. Uh, it's when you're a bad team that it's an issue. And as far as the Jaguars, I think that's just their attitude that that's how they are. I don't think it was necessarily, I mean, it was a little personal with Gibson cause he used to be a Brown and their organization's kind of trash right now. But I, I think that's just how confident they are. They get mad when other teams score. And I think they look at the Browns and see a team they should just beat up and dominate uh, i mean on the on the same level man you know i i agree with you i i love you know seeing the the, the swagger that this team that has now uh, especially coming from the dbs uh you know and whatnot but do you think that sometimes it does walk that borderline between you know swagger and you know stupidity like i mean off the field it's you know one of those things where we've in the past had to worry about our defensive end, you know, knocking groceries and knocking glasses off of a guy to now we've got Marquise Lee doing some crazy hip thrust in the middle of the game after getting a penalty. <laughs> so, I mean, like, where, where, where's the fine line with it? Is that the same, by the way? Dante Fowler throwing somebody's groceries and Marquise Lee celebrating? I feel like it's completely different. <laughs> well, I, I feel like Marquise Lee should have been arrested. So, um, <laughs> for that dance. But no, it's, it, I don't, I know a lot of people got really upset about it, but it, it ended up not you know they still won so i think looking back at it is it stupid probably but they still won so it wasn't huge it's just one of those things where you kind of have to find you know the line and just tow it like i think Jalen does a really really good job of towing that line and trash talking just enough to where you know it's not a detriment to you it's not going to draw you flags or anything like that so I I mean, they've earned it right now, so I don't really have too much of an issue with it. If it becomes like a consistent issue with penalties, then I think you got to kind of reel it in. 
Um, but right now, I just think that's their their team mentality. Is they're going to beat you up and they're going to tell you about it the whole time. I mean, yeah, it it definitely does show. Uh, and I think as far as a mental aspect of the game, uh, it, it's helped out uh, a lot with what uh, has kind of catapulted us into the national media. Uh, you know, with with what Jalen has done, um, with uh, what's going on also with now Tashawn Gibson as well. But at what point do you think it's like, all right, now, okay, guys, we we were winning now. Can we act like we've won instead of this being, you know, Colvin taking his helmet off or any other uh, example that may come, you know, in the later weeks? Right, and it, I think if it, if it draws another flag, like I mean Gibson, I'm expecting him to get flagged because it's his former team type thing. But you know, if it draw if it starts drawing more flags, then then I think it becomes the issue where you kind of pull them back and go like, all right, guys, chill out. You know, we we understand you're good, we know it. Um, just kind of chill out. But for right now, I I don't really think it's that big of an issue. Did I read that correctly? That Jalen Ramsey said we were going to the Super Bowl too. He was he was just echoing the prophet Maurice Jones Drew, who's been a hundred percent correct all year. Oh, so Maurice Jones Drew predicted that? I didn't even realize that. He did. Huh. Oh, the prophet. I like that title. That's especially uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the uh, the overall cockiness and everything. Like I said, though, I just I kind of worry about you know that happening in an, happening in, in an opportune time during a game or something, which could have been this past week. But thankfully, uh, we got bailed out and had every uh, miraculous thing that could possibly happen happen in the game. So, so with with this uh, with this game coming up on um, you know Sunday, the Browns zero and nine. They really haven't done anything right. Uh, they have been up at halftime and a couple of times, uh, you know, this this year in the games. Should there, or I mean, it, what should we worry about? I mean, you know, it's any given Sunday. Everybody's a professional here. We're not saying that the Alabama or Miami could probably beat the Browns or anything else like that this year. But I mean, what should we worry about? What do they do good that could probably get this team trouble? I, I don't. I honestly don't know, man. I've <laughs> I've been thinking about it because. You know, like local radio and and some people have been like, oh, we get, we can't overlook them. It's any given Sunday, yada yada. But I'm like, man, have y'all watched the Browns? They are awful. Like they turn the ball over all the time. They have a rookie quarterback who's bad. They their offensive lines banged up. They're the third lowest scoring team in the NFL. And I'm just like, tell me how they score more than 10 points and I'll be worried. Well, what about when it comes to, because I know one thing that that people uh, kind of worried about after the last game is the uh, concerns about the running game. And you actually had a, an article up that we'll throw in the podcast description talking about how it kind of disappeared versus, uh, I keep wanting to say San Diego. I think we said that 50 times in the yeah, last Yeah, I do that episodes. all the time. Yeah, so sorry guys, but uh, LA. So um, is that something that, and, and again, we know Cleveland's not necessarily good, but was that a sign of something that could potentially uh, hinder us in the future? In other words, did did L.A. do something in that game that, that took away the run game that could be emulated by a team like the Browns, potentially? Well, I think the, the Browns are probably going to try to emulate it. What really helped the Chargers in that they, they stacked, they did what the Rams did, and they stacked the box, they brought everybody to the line, and they dared Bortles to beat them in the air. And the unique thing about San Diego is they have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So they have two premier edge rushers on either side, and the Jags were without their starting right tackle. So I think it was just kind of a a perfect storm type of thing. Like, they're the team to defend the Jaguars' offense, kind of like how the Rams were. Cleveland, I'm sure, is going to stack the box like that, but 
they don't really have the pass rushers that that the Chargers or the Rams did. So it'll be similar, but I don't think they're going to completely shut it down like those two teams did. Do you think that Parnell is maybe a little undervalued in terms of his importance when it comes to the offensive line? Do you think that that you know was a major contributor last week? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think a lot of people – he struggled last year. Um, Marone indicated that he might have been playing injured last year, so that could have been some for his downplay. But he's played really well this year. Him and Cam Robinson have been have fantastic as the bookend tackles. Um, so I think him going down, especially in the run game, was a big hit. Yeah, I mean, the run game is is something that kind of looked a little unstable last week with, with Parnell being out. But I think he was just more undervalued, you know, as we continue to move forward forward from the offensive line being the scapegoat of this team like you really realize like that they're kind of good <laughs> and we actually kind of need Parnell when, when we need him right and and I I said this a little last year in that yeah the offensive line needed work but I don't think it was like this the turnstile sieve that everyone wanted to make it out to be it was just you know you had a couple key spots where guys struggled and it kind of had a cascade effect and they kept with the same guys this year, and, and it it all came together. I, I think they're an above-average overall line, and really I think that's all you need in the landscape of the current NFL. Um, I mean, this week right now, I mean, we're going to be really, really, really paper-thin um, at, at receiver right now. You know, we, we, we lost A-Rob earlier this year. Um, Hearns has, you know, crawled off of the, uh, of the field in like a little saving Private Ryan. <laughs> type thing on, on Sunday. So a couple of people said they teared up at that too. Like, well, I don't think I don't think that went through my mind on Sunday, but you know it was dramatic. I guess. Man, I I was mad when that happened because as soon as the guy dove at his legs, I knew who it was. Uh, Jaleel Adai because he does that all the time. Huh. I mean, he's taken out so many guys' knees. I I was livid. Yeah, that it was it was very uh, upsetting. But I mean. Lee, you know, we'll see what what he he's been a scratch for practice the last couple of weeks. So I mean, we're coming into you know week uh, ten of the NFL with uh, Jalen Strong, Mickens. Uh, you know, hopefully we see D.D. Westbrook. I mean, what what is that? What does the receiving core kind of look like for this game? Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Strong ends up getting released when D.D. is activated. Um, if uh, Aurelius Ben's good to go, but I I think it's it's going to be an issue if Hearns is out for multiple weeks. Cause I do think DD Westbrook's going to take a, a couple weeks to play. Cause sure he may be healthy, but a lot of people don't realize like he hasn't played in 10 weeks. Like he might be in shape. He might be ready to go, but he has not played in a game. And that is a completely different world uh, than being ready to practice full and all that. Um, but I, I do think they have a beneficial matchup this week in the, the Browns that they get beat over the top all the time. So what better game for DD and uh, and Cole to kind of carry the load against a team that is bad against what those two guys are good at, which is going down the field. Do you think uh, David and Joku, uh, if they can get the ball to him, do you think he poses a threat for uh, you know maybe the linebackers or or uh, any of the uh, any of the secondary that we have? Uh, he's probably their biggest threat on offense, so I, I imagine they're going to kind of bracket him uh, with Miles Jack and a safety or, or maybe even just stick Colvin on him. Um, but he's definitely their biggest threat on offense for sure. Side note on the Browns, um, 
I think what's the guy's name? Is it Sashi Brown that was a uh, used to be associated with the Jags? That's uh, VP over at, at Cleveland. Yeah, um, he did contract work for the Jags back in the day. Yeah, so him and then I like to kind of just joke because I'm a huge Moneyball fan and <laughs> and you know pointing out you know Peter Brand, aka Jonah Hill, as the and I, and I mean Paul D. Podesta and he's up with the Browns now as well. Do you think that that front office is probably going to get canned after this season? Um, I probably but i don't i mean they're they were a huge mess and we all know it wasn't gonna be a one or two year type fit. i mean they were very similar to the jaguars when dave caldwell took over where they just had to be completely blown up and i'm actually i was actually excited to hear that the Ra- the browns were going to try doing more analytical focused and and the quote-unquote money ball so to speak um, but boy it has really not worked at all. So, um, I, I tend to think they'll probably get another year to, to kind of let it come to fruition. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if they just cleaned everybody out. It seemed like they were kind of emulating more so like the Sam Hinky draft pick accumulation thing more than anything. Cause I think they have a right, right. You know, ton. Yeah. I mean, I love it when teams do like, I was really excited when Chip Kelly got hired and what he was doing because he was so polar opposite to what we're used to in the NFL. So I, I always love seeing that just to see if it's going to work. Um, but with the Browns, it, it has absolutely not worked. So, you know, just, you mentioned, um, you know, talking about the front office and everything, you think the season's redeemed Caldwell in terms of the kind of the perception that, that the fan base has had, uh, over him, you know, this, so the years that he's been here, I guess, or do you think Coughlin's kind of, uh, overshadowed that a little bit as the, the key behind success? Do you think Caldwell's kind of redeemed himself at all? Um, I, I, I think he's redeemed himself in the sense that, um, the the vitriol towards him has gotten way way less you see a lot more people willing to you know okay we can keep him now type thing um but i do think most of the credit has gone to tom coughlin i don't know how how much credit tom should really get um in that regard because i mean you you look at it it's it's a lot of caldwell draft picks that are doing well it's a lot of caldwell free agent signings. I'm sure Tom had some to do with getting in Calais Campbell and Boyer. Um, he added credibility to the organization in that sense. Um, but both those guys said they, they mostly dealt with Caldwell. So I'm still kind of on the, you whiffed big time on the head, the first head coach, you kept them way too long. You whiffed on your top five quarterback pick. And it's really, really hard to survive missing on those two things as a general manager, but he's doing as best he can to, to kind of save face with that. And, and I do think he deserves uh, quite a bit of credit. I wouldn't be upset if he did end up getting fired, um, but I don't think he's going to get fired right now. And I think a lot of fans have come around to, you know, be, not necessarily be patient. That's not the word, but um, kind of let him have a little bit of a rebirth, I guess, would be the way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, winning winning cares all. I mean, you when you when you go six and three and you're facing, uh, you know, seven and three at the Browns, you know, right now, everything is, is looking pretty good right now. I, I mean, especially with, with the quarterback, you know, situation that we have going on right now, the first three quarters on Sunday, uh, you know, we, we, it looked great. Once we saw the run defense was, you know, or the run was getting shut down, you kind of realize it's like, okay, Blake is going to have to win this game. Then he had that miraculous third quarter and it's like, okay, Blake can probably win us this game. And then two minutes came in the fourth quarter and it was like, 
what the hell? We he just threw <laughs> he just threw two picks in like twenty seven seconds, and we it, it's just like a, an eternal meltdown to where it is now. So what 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 do you what Blake do we see Sunday? Um, honestly, I think we see the Blake we've always seen. I don't think he's really been that different than than what we've seen in the past. It's just they don't ask him to do as much. Um, and I joked with a buddy of mine at the game. I was like, well, we wanted to know what it would look like if we had to pass the ball to come back and win. <laughs> and, you know, that's what we got. And, and I, I do agree that he played pretty well uh, the first couple games that drive he had to tie the game. I would argue probably the best drive he's had as a Jaguar in the NFL. Um, I highlighted that touchdown pass he had, which was a, a an awesome recognition play by him. Uh, he saw Lee turn on the Jets behind the linebacker and in front of the safety, and he just kind of waited for him to clear and and got the touchdown. But the the problem's always been in the in the real big moments where you really need him to not make a mistake. He makes a mistake, so um, I, I think you just gotta you know let him play with the lead. We have the defense now to kind of make up for some of those mistakes, but it, it's just. It, it's really how much you have to rely on him. You know, it's, it's kind of the inverse. Like if you don't really need him, he plays really well because there's no pressure. Um, but when you need him to make the plays and all that in a, a consistent manner, it, it just falls apart for him. So kind of shifting gears, uh, you know, something a little bit more lighthearted. So I know, you know, and everybody knows that you've been one of the kind of, you know, faces of, of Jaguar social media over time. And, I, you know, I even, I mean, at one point, I think I even had like your tweets on that feature where you can have alerts every time somebody tweets. And I was like, eh, oh, maybe no. that much. Yeah, a little too much, a <laughs> uh, little too many alerts. Um, but, uh, you know, you're definitely somebody that a lot of fans look to for, uh, you know, opinions. And, and, and to me, I think a lot of uh, funny back and forth, too. So uh, what I would ask you is you think that Twitter and kind of that interaction with, with other fans and, and folks that read BCC, is that is that more enjoyable now that we're winning? Or was it almost more enjoyable before just because of the jokes and everything when we were losing? I know that's a weird question, but. No, uh, it's, it's a perfectly fine question because there's a lot of people who think I'm angry now that we're winning, which I I find even more <laughs> hilarious. But I mean, do people not know like how awful it is writing about a bad football team? Like you can only say they suck like three different ways before it's like, okay, I'm tired of this. But um I I love it now that we're winning because I, I love talking trash. Um, but I am a huge fan of of self-deprecation. So I did love <laughs> making the jokes. <laughs> um <clears throat> So I'm kind of shifting the gears to making the jokes about other teams now. Um, but no, it, it there's a lot less to get mad at. Um, like people would get mad at me when I said they're bad. I'm like, I, I mean, they're bad. Like, I don't know why you're mad at me. It's not my fault. Um, so you can confirm for us today that you're not angry. The Jaguars are winning. <laughs> I, I can a hundred percent confirm. I am much happier when, when the Jaguars are not awful. <laughs> That's like we, uh, before when we were going to record last week, you know, we got some pretty good, uh, comments and stuff. And then, but this one guy, I just, I had to screenshot it and send it to them in a group text. It was like, ask Alfie, uh, why he hates the Jaguars. I was like, yeah, we're going to nix that one. Probably not gonna <laughs> I, um, I get that. I get emails that all the time. I get asked that all the time. Like, why do you do this? If you hate the Jaguars, I'm like, 
I don't hate the Jaguars. I hate that they're bad. I want them to be good. JK3, I know you're you you tend to enjoy the uh, the, the confrontation on social media, which I have politely asked you now that you're in this prestigious podcasting host role to uh, tone down a little bit. But you you kind of like that, right? I love it, man. It, it's hilarious to me because it, it's like people will send you stuff and expect for you not to reply. And then when you reply with a really good rebuttal and it's like, oh, hey, man, well, why are you doing this to me? It's like you came at me first. So and some of the interactions I've seen, uh, you know, Alfie have on Twitter with some of the Jags fans, it's it's literally like this guy's tweeting about wrestling one second. And then someone comes and like throws some some kind of bogus stat line out and he shoots it down. It's like, oh, you hate the Jags. Why are you even associated with BCC? It's like this dude sitting here literally watching Monday Night Raw, and and you and you're coming at him like this. My favorite thing, and, and I do have one final kind of question here about you know kind of the social media thing. But my favorite thing uh, last week with the uh, Bengals was the. Did you guys see the post or the tweet by the one Bengals fan? Just you know, probably the dorkiest looking guy ever talking about how he was going to lay hands or something on Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Did you um, see that? The one? guy who looked like Hacker. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, Hacker's evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> that was, did, did anybody confirm? Was that guy kidding or was that like a real thing? Because I feel like you can't. Like I feel like at least go with a fake profile picture that looks a little bit more intimidating if you're going to write something like that. Oh, uh, I think someone at the the Bold City Brigade tailgate actually like tried to fight him after the game <laughs> and the guy backed down so huh so not uh he's okay writing about uh laying the hands or throwing the hands as they say but not uh not doing it in person he just meant the proverbial hands he, w- he wasn't being serious uh, I, I i literally was I, I i saw that and it was like this is probably like this is unreal you're gonna catch these hands it's like you're trying to throw hands with a dude who's like six seven and he's got Long arms that are longer than your body, and it'll probably yeah. you know spark you three times before you even realize something that hit you. I can't even picture myself typing out something like that in a tweet. I feel like such a dork if I actually hit submit and had something that says "catch these hands" and it. it just doesn't seem like a thing that I would ever write. But um, one thing you know, just to kind of to wrap up here a little bit, I was going to ask for final score predictions, but I mean, you know, we kind of all think it's going to be forty to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> JK three in, in true. In well, I mean, I think it's going to be a Brown or excuse me, a, a, a Jags victory. Um, I, I'm not really good on the scores or anything else like that, but um, I, I definitely think we're looking, you know, at seven, seven and three right now. And it's just unparalleled, unparalleled territory right now. I, I go to work and people are like, oh, man, I see your Jaguars are doing things. And I'm just like, look, if you literally want me to flip this copy machine right now, you should probably not mention the word Jaguars and doing good because you're going to have some issues on you right now. Yeah, it's like we're kind of scared to like, you know, kind of get too into it. But I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you guys. I'm thinking like, uh, like a hundred to nothing probably is this game Sunday. But then, uh, as far as the social media thing, uh, Alfie, I am curious because I, I would probably consider you because I'm kind of a late to the game guy on, on Twitter, at least actively being on there. Do you have a uh, favorite Jaguars Twitter historical moment? Oh, um, yes. It was when we thought we were actually trading for Tim Tebow. <laughs> I don't know if you guys were on Twitter then. <laughs> I don't think so. But it like it was a whole collective like oh god it's happening like meltdown and they're like uh, talking ourselves into it and then it wasn't happening so everybody was happy then it was happening again and it it was like the Chargers game where it went back and forth about eight times through the night. 
Yeah. So did you talk yourself into it or? <laughs> no, no, never. I think honorable mention should be um, when Chaps uh, got Adam Schefter. <laughs> a, a darn, you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, a darn Schefter. That was the funniest thing ever. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, he, he made it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a fun uh, text exchange between myself and Chaps when he realized they read it on air. Do you guys remember? Uh, and this is a little bit of a uh, little bit of trivia here. I'll throw on you guys real quick. Ali Ali Oxen Free. You guys remember that? Mike Sims Walker, yeah. my boy, <laughs> yeah. the Chopper City Juke. <laughs> and then uh, one last thing, and I think JK3, you kind of had a, a wrestling uh, question, and we'll wrap up. One last thing, uh, you guys saw um, Little Wayne throwing a Go Jags on there. I mean, it's uh, obviously we're picking up steam. I mean, picking up followers, supporters. I mean, that was that was pretty crazy, right? That tweet's like nine years too late. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if this was like Wheezy, you know, dropping the Carter Four, then uh, of course, or maybe Carter Three for sure. But uh, right now, you know, D.D. Westbrook was supposed to host that show with him. Oh, really? Right. He's going to yeah. be too busy scoring touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> what does Birdman think? Aren't they uh, competing or something like that? Or uh, No, Corey. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Birdman and Little Wayne were like uh, foes now, aren't they? I thought they... You're on the level like of that? Catch These Hands. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what, one last question really quick. I know you're, you're huge in the wrestling, Alfie. Um, what'd you think about the Ric Flair documentary on ESPN? And uh, do you think they should have included more Sting? Uh, well, first, I have to say true to my brand and say that Sting is a jobber. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Also, uh, the Ric Flair thing, I loved it. I just felt like after it came, it ended. I felt like there could have been like eight more hours of of compelling story. <clears throat> like ju- I want just like a thirty for thirty on the Flair Dusty rivalry. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I was I, I'm I'm thirty one, so Ric Flair was kind of on his way down. I, I remember seeing some of the WCW WWF stuff on there, but I'm I'm more of a you know the the Rock and the Nation of Domination Farouk. You know those are those are my 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 favorite type of wrestlers, but you know that it was pretty cool to finally see, uh, you know the WWE kind of get catapulted into that mainstream like documentary, you know, you know type level. Yeah, I, I I watched it all through high school. I think I stopped watching when Stone Cold retired, and then a couple of friends got me back into it a few years ago because we started going to the the local NXT house shows that they have off Normandy, and got back into it off of that i went to wrestlemania this year the royal rumble last year so it's it's a nice little hobby nice nice so so do i need to get back into it i guess because i i same as you like i haven't watched it since like the rock and like i was really big into wcw i'm 30 so i was big into like the nwo and like all that kind of stuff i mean to jump right into nxt on on the wwe network free plug <laughs> that that's what i like the most because it reminds me of the old uh old territory days i want to see a 30 for 30 on uh sick boy from the flock do you guys remember that (laughs) (laughs) i do remember that guy (laughs) i love that little uh, group that they had there just um but anyway all right so uh enough uh wrestling talk and we uh kind of wrapped up the jaguars talk so alfie we really appreciate it and hopefully uh you know if you have time maybe in the future you'll you'll be uh, willing to come on again yeah absolutely as long as i don't get food poisoning i'm I'm pretty good to go (laughs) yep so definitely uh stay safe everybody out there uh check the uh, temperature on your uh your meats when they're cooked and uh (laughs) 
the, <laughs> the restaurant restaurant inspections because I don't know if you saw, but uh, what was the place at the town center that failed their inspection like two weeks after it opened? Don't mention um, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we don't want to. Starts with an R and named after a bird. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that would be poor taste. Uh, poor taste like the uh, poison burgers that they were serving. Uh, okay. So, all right. So we appreciate it. And again, uh, uh, you know, Alfie is the managing editor at Big Cat Country. You can find him on Twitter at AlfieBCC. And we will link all that up in the podcast description. So we appreciate you guys listening. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Down by the Bank on Facebook as well. Uh, my wife runs our Instagram page. And so occasionally you'll see some stuff up on there i think we did a screenshot of our like skype thing one time just to show that we're uh, such handsome people that that uh, run this podcast and obviously our, our individual twitter handles are on there as well and if you are on apple Podcasts, if you could do us a favor and leave us a review preferably five stars we would greatly appreciate it so we will talk to you guys next time Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.